Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. What is going on, everyone? This is NVC episode. Number remains to be seen. I am your host, Seth Macy. I don't have a good intro this week, so I'm just going to tell you that I am KC1TUX on the amateur radio uh, airwaves out there. I am joined this week by a legendary cast, Jada Griffin, Eek. Logan Plant, 
I love F0X right behind you, Seth. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, it's been a while, but we are so happy to welcome back industry legend, Cat Bailey. Hi, Seth. Happy to be here to wrap up 2023. That is what we're here for, and we're happy to have you here because it has been one hell of a Nintendo year. In fact, that's what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about our Nintendo game of the year and then the NVC, the Nintendo Voice Chat Podcast game of the year. And I want to start off with the individual picks for game of the year. And I want to start off with Jada, because Jada, you have a, 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 a reasonable opinion to some, a controversial opinion to most everyone else. What's your pick for Nintendo's Game of the Year? It's also a maddening opinion to others, but I don't care. Infuriating. It's Is infuriating it to others. It's maddening. It's yes. Madden. Madden. <laughs> Madden, Davey. It's Madden. And it's weird. It's Madden Switch. 19 for some reason. You which know, is even it, weirder, it's, yeah. I've just plugged in my my Wii and it was there and I was like, let's do this uh, this year. Just drafting, won my fantasy. It's um, funny. <laughs> it's funny. I've actually put like 50 hours into Madden this year. <laughs> just not on the Switch, obviously. Obviously. Uh, yeah. So in all seriousness, though, my pick for favorite Nintendo game of the year is Pikmin 4. Okay. I freaking adored that game. Now, don't get me wrong. Super and be like, come on, Tears of the Kingdom. Jada, come on, come on. Yes, obviously, Tears of the Kingdom is a fantastic game, and I really enjoyed every moment I spent with Tears of the Kingdom. But minute to minute, I loved every minute I spent with Pikmin more. And that's okay. why it's my it picks it takes my win for this year. Though I only spent, I think, 50 to 60 hours with Pikmin versus the, I think my Nintendo rap came in and I was like 120 hours in Zelda. Like I spent twice as long with Zelda. But it just wasn't enjoyable for me personally, moment to moment, like Pikmin was. Every single thing for Pikmin just felt so perfectly handcrafted and just designed to like really keep pushing you to the finish line. And Tears of the Kingdom, there's a lot of great handcrafted stuff in there, but also it's at least a lot to just kind of, hey, go find out and do your own thing, which isn't really my jam in games. So right. that's a that's a you know big part of why. Pikmin is my big my winner for this year. That's fair enough. I think you're one of the few people who would say that that is their Nintendo game of the year. Um, and I think that's I think you're now a hero. In a lot of ways, the word hero gets thrown around. Jada Griffin, hero to millions. <laughs> you are the greatest. Hero. The millions of my hero. little Pikmin, my Pikmin <laughs> horde of fans. Uh, you know what though? Like the Zelda fan base is is big, but man. The is probably is bigger than the Pikmin fan base. Sure. But the Pikmin fan base is so has such a fervor. Yeah. Oh, I know. I ran Pikmin. afoul of them. So yes, I'm well like, aware. They love Pikmin. I mean, they they bought one of the fans or a bunch of fans pitched in and bought space on a uh Times Square billboard or Whoa. whatnot. Like it was like an animated like and it was like a Pikmin twerking. Um, yeah. And it was great. <laughs> I'm sure Nintendo they, loved that. I'm sure they definitely that. loved that. Uh, the group of fans that uh, genetically created uh, a tiny Pikmin in real life. So, like, thank you for that bit of science. That's how crazy the Pikmin fans are. And They're I support God. all of you. Let's yeah, do it. So. Let's bring Pikmin that, in real life. Jada, I got to give you all the respect in the world. That's a bold choice. And you know what? It is a great game. And you're rocking the Pikmin sweater, showing off. So, yeah, I respect that. Logan, what about you? What is your Nintendo Game of the Year? 
Uh, well, I think my Nintendo Game of the Year is, is something we might talk about in a bit. But my runner-up picks, Super Mario Brothers Wonder. I just Don't spoil that it, game. dude. He, he spoiled <laughs> a bit. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, it's obviously Super Mario Wonder. It's my favorite. It's my favorite Nintendo game that came out this year, clearly. Uh, I really loved playing through this game. I've talked about it on the show already, but that art style just still, I'm obsessed with how that game looks. I hope we get a sequel that looks exactly like it. And I really love the Wonder Flowers and everything that that game did. I really am hoping for some Lost Levels DLC or something like that next mm, year that ups the mm. challenge. Uh, that would be super great just to get back into that game with a little bit tougher levels, but also got to give a shout out F099, of course. Mm, I played that game for nice 45 hours. I love Ooh, it. Wow. I'm still playing wow. the. Yes, I play it all the time. <laughs> I I'm know a lot of people classic. who love that game. It's great. Really it's great expression of an F0 battle royale. It's it is. Perfect. The player base is unfortunately dwindling a lot, which is a bit of a bummer. Uh, it's it's a little bit tougher to find a match. I'm finding more of over 50% of the 99 slots are filled with bots these days, which is a bummer. Uh, it's a shame that it didn't have a little bit of a longer shelf life. But when I still do jump in, it's just awesome. The new classic mode that they added where you can race without any of the gimmicks they added for the Battle Royale just against 19 other people is awesome. And yeah, play F-099. Do you play it with the Super Nintendo controller or do you play it with the uh, the Pro Controller? How do you play it? I play it with just the Pro Controller. I don't have any of the NSO controllers. I, I never picked up any of those ones. I will highly recommend picking any and all of them up because they're awesome and they're exactly what you want. So, yeah, F-099 is a game that I, I agree is pretty pretty wonderful and pretty magical. And it definitely is a bummer that it's sort of falling off. Um it was a, such a great surprise and the execution is incredible and i do i love like the super nes f-zero so i haven't played nearly 45 hours though i couldn't win maybe that's the problem make it easier to win <laughs> just rubber band a little bit and everybody wins and then they'll be wanting to play it again i never how many matches have you won for race i've won uh, about 20 races probably whoa and Dude. yeah i get I get top five a lot, and there's some people that are just so incredibly good at it that are always way out in front of the pack. But now there's some places that are the best to jump up onto the Skyway, and then you can you can sneak into the win on lap four pretty easily if you know what you're doing. Nice. Okay. Trick. Uh, the trick I learned with that one is if you can time your sky bridge to where it would be ending over like a difficult terrain, like a bunch of fast turns or uh, hairpin turns, like it will extend the sky bridge, so you get to stay on there longer and avoid it. But it's, so it's just about knowing that specific spot on the track of when you need to activate it and getting the, the exact same by that time. It's the exact same as like a bullet bill in Mario Kart 8. you got to know when to use that so it doesn't mm -hmm. know where to drop you off and it takes you through the trickier parts of the course. It's really similar. Nice. All right, Kat, have you uh, played much F-Zero 99 this year? Not one minute. Whoa, uh, it's one that no. I... Not because, not because I don't hate it. I hate it or anything. It's just that I was busy with a lot of other games at various points and actually i put my switch down for a while this year even though it was a really great year because a little game called baldur's gate 3 kind of ate several months of my life and then starfield <laughs> ate several more months and i actually just picked up my switch again this month and have been getting reacquainted with it mostly playing dead cells and theater rhythm final fantasy final curtain Called, yeah which nice. i love rhythm baby theater rhythm rules that's actually on my top 10. it's not my game Same. switch game of the year but it's up there and really enjoying my time with my switch but 
uh, F099 kind of came out during a, a time where I was focused on other games. I'm sorry. And now I feel like I've missed my window because the yeah, most enjoyable time to play these battle royales is when they first come out and everybody's yeah. playing it and the skill levels are relatively same. I'm betting mm -hmm. now everybody knows the meta, so I would just get destroyed. No, that's definitely true. I won a lot more races in the first month of this game than in the last two months of this game because, yeah, everyone everyone casual has just dropped off, and now it's just all the people like me that are F-Zero fanatics. Is uh, F-Zero 99, is that going to just stick around, or is this a timed thing like the Mario 35 was? Because that's a Hopefully it sticks around. They don't have a timer on it so far. Bring but back Mario 35, you cowards. Yeah, Mario 35 was great. Was great. It was such a good Mario speed running game. Yeah. Gotta wait for Mario 40. They did. That is that is probably <laughs> That'd true. That'd be a very actually. Nintendo move. It would mm -hmm. uh, 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 there's a Super Mario Wonder sort of crossover with Tetris 99, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Somebody in the comments will tell me that it's embarrassing if I don't, that I don't know that, but that's fine. So Tetris 99 is still going strong. So F mm -hmm. maybe that's the trick. If it has 99 mm -hmm. in the name, then it's going to stick around. Starts with more players. So it's kind of lasts a little bit longer. Except for Pac-Man 99, so that blows that <laughs> out of the out of the contention. Yeah. But that's fine. All right. Kat, what about you? Where are you at for Game of the Year, Nintendo game? Uh, I just want to add about Mario 35. That was the one Battle Royale I've ever been good at. And when it came out as an elder millennial, I thought, <laughs> who spent many, many years playing the original Super Mario Brothers and beating it, just spending my Saturday mornings beating it over and over and over again, I was like, my time has come. It was, <laughs> it was truly a great moment. Yeah. Um, no, my Nintendo Switch game of the year is Fire Emblem Engage, Whoa! a strategy game that is tragically overlooked, I feel, yeah. but, but is mm -hmm. not just one of the best Fire Emblem games, one of the best Nintendo Switch games of the year, but one of the best Fire Emblem games I've ever played. I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, I don't like Fire Emblem Engage because it's not Fire Emblem Three Houses. And let me tell you, I respect Three Houses as a format, but I'm an old school Fire Emblem fan. The thing that drew me to it was always the map designs because the thing that sets it apart from your typical tactics RPG, if you don't mind me getting a little nitty gritty here, is when you're playing Final Fantasy Tactics, it's like a high level strategy thing and you're building up your characters and then you put them on kind of a simple map and they they fight one another and that's cool but fire emblem always managed to encapsulate elements of exploration it was almost like dragon quest but with a hex grid you'd be going into villages you would have really interesting objectives you would almost be doing dungeon crawls where you're finding treasure and fire emblem engage really captures that while also being a just delightful tribute to the overall series it's gorgeous by Nintendo yeah. Switch standards. Uh, a lot of the attacks are really uh, elaborate. It kept surprising me all the way uh, through to the end of the game. It's quite hard, and it really encourages mastery of its individual systems. It is absolutely one of the best Fire Emblem experiences that I've had in many years. And I don't mind if they go back to the three houses format and. In fact, I expect it, but I think I'm just really, really grateful that Fire Emblem Engage exists because it doesn't feel like uh, Intelligent Systems is going to continue in this direction going forward. So I'm just going to relish this and I'm going to keep going back to it. It is 100% uh, in my top five. 
Nice. It's uh engages like the one of the first fire emblems I didn't pick up like right at launch, and it's I think it was just because I had played so much of Three Houses over the last couple of years. Is like I just like I's like I need a small break from Fire Emblem, um, and I, it's this definitely it's one of the ones I expect to come back to later and pick up and probably love and being like man, I slept on this because I'm an idiot, but um, I'm looking forward to that day uh, of when I can make time for this day of Maybe. reckoning. Yes, my day of reckoning. Maybe 2024. I feel like we don't have a, a big idea of what is coming out in 2024, so I'm hoping that'll be a good time to play catch up on some on the massive list of games that came out this year that I even I couldn't play all of. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you. Go ahead, Seth. I was just gonna say, pretty good damn year for games, but go ahead, Logan. Yes. I was just going to say I'm totally with you, Kat, on Engage. Three Houses did not really click with me, and it was because of the map and the battle design. I felt that every single objective for a battle, Three Houses, pretty much was just take out the enemy leader. And if you had a good wyvern, you could just fly across the map, take him out, and you won. And Engage, especially playing it on a harder difficulty, just really ramped up the challenge. The battle design was great. Enemy forces got reinforcements, which force you to keep on your toes, just like the old Fire Emblems do. It's awesome. And I really was not a super big fan of the social elements of Three Houses. It's not what I come to Fire Emblem for. So I love that this game exists. I hope that they continue with this formula, maybe on a kind of an alternating system with the more bigger social focused Three Houses like games. But I loved this game, too, and agree that it's super overlooked. I love the villains. It's about family trauma. So there is a little bit of an emotional core to it. And I just continue to really enjoy it uh, over time. I, I one thing, okay. So the thing with intelligence systems is I think they know who they are and there's a real old school core to them. They work a lot with Koei Tecmo and things like that uh, these days, but I think they're appreciative of their roots with the Fire Emblem series. And that is apparent with Fire Emblem Engage. So I don't think this is the last time that we'll see a game like this, though, of course, from a sales perspective, it did not come close to matching three houses. Yeah. So you do have to pay attention to that. One is definitely more popular with the people, but I always like it when a studio kind of marches to the beat of its own drum. And I think Fire Emblem Engage is a great example of that. I, yeah. I think a lot of the sales probably, I think it just came from too much too soon. Like kind of how what I suffered. It's like kind of Fire out. Emblem Burnout? Yeah, I think, yeah, which is a weird thing to say. Very weird thing to say with, um, but I think like Three Houses came out and had such a big boom and was so just long when it came to like the multiple playthroughs and stuff. I think people spent so much time on that. They're like, okay, I can skip fire emblem for this one and i'll come back in the next one um plus they also had like the three what was it the three houses not three houses three warriors or whatever or warriors hope whatever the dynasty warriors one was so three houses came out in 2019 i know I, I know because i was in france reviewing it at the time and wow. i so that's four year gap between i mean I was playing this one till 2021, probably right. like yeah. no joke. And so like, and like, like for me, it's like, it looked great. And I like, I know I love Fire Emblem, but I was like, I'm gonna, I, I just, it was, I don't know, I guess too soon, which is a stupid thing to say when it comes to a series like Fire Emblem, but 
Yeah. It's just kind of how like it hit me in January this year. I well, think that I it can... was mostly a matter of one. Um, people were playing three houses for a long time because that was a game of multiple playthroughs. Mm-hmm. Two, it there has been a decent amount of Fire Emblem content between the the Warrior series, but also Smash Brothers. Maybe mm. oh, yeah. lending to the feeling maybe of much. maybe lending to the feeling of like yeah, I've had enough uh, Fire Emblem. And then the third thing is. I just saw so many Three Houses fans say, well, you know, it's not Three Houses, a game that I really enjoyed. Um, it doesn't have enough of the visual novel aspects. I don't care about the tactics aspects. So I'm going to skip this one. Even I was, and even, I don't think that the trailers did it any favors because I was like, what is going on with this main character? What's with the aqua fresh hair? I don't understand yeah. what's going yeah. on here. Even I an avowed Fire Emblem fan was feeling kind of iffy about it. It felt a little more throwaway than a game like Three Houses. And then I actually played it and discovered that it was something really excellent. So, yeah. Logan, what did you have to add? I, that I kind of see where Jada's coming on with the Fire Emblem burnout. Just personally speaking, I agree because Three Houses had four campaigns and then a full DLC campaign. And even going back before this, I know I'm talking seven years ago about, uh, at this point, but even Fire Emblem Fates was three full games that came out at the same time. It was just a lot of Fire Emblem campaigns over the last decade, I thought, which is great to see the series thriving. Mm-hmm. But by the time Engage rolled around, I was just like, oh, here we go again. But I ended up really enjoying it anyways. It's really it, turned a huge turnaround because Fire Emblem yeah. was very much on the verge of dying yeah. before yeah, Awakening. for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, still my favorite. And it yeah. sounds like a really weird thing to complain about. Like, there's too much content in these Fire Emblem games. Like, it's a weird thing, but it's like, it's just. I think it's. I think they just need to find a way to not streamline it, but to make it to where it doesn't feel like I'm writing a book report and I have to read all of these. Like, I have to, you know, read a thousand books before I can finish this. Like, I don't know. It's a terrible analogy, but like, I think you guys kind of get what I'm saying. Like, it's yeah. just, it's a lot to go in to finish this and get the full complete story. The gameplay think- is, it's mentally taxing. It's like playing yeah. chess. You want to play chess for a hundred hours, three times a year? Like, it's a lot. <laughs> Let I me tell you, it. Logan, when I, got to, when I got to the final level and I finally rolled credits, I was like, oh, thank God. I love this game, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I need to get on with my life. 70 hours of this is exhausting. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Fire Emblem Engage, as compared to Three Houses, Three Houses was just very memeable. Um, and it hit when Twitter was still kind of, um, I wouldn't say important, but uh, relevant. And it was so, in a good like, place. <laughs> it was in a very good place Better culturally. Place. There was a lot of like FOMO, like you'd see everyone be like, oh, this is my waifu and we're having a, a tea party now. And you, everybody kind of wanted to be on that. That being said, um, I think Fire Emblem Engage is the best Fire Emblem game ever. And wow. I only say that, wow. I don't, no, like, listen, like <laughs> there's a huge caveat because it's the only one that I've actually enjoyed and i don't mean that as a knock to fire emblem i mean that it the game has never grabbed me but fire emblem engage for whatever reason it just clicked and i was like i like this a lot um i don't i don't have an explanation as to why so it's not really fair for me to say that it's the best Hmm. one ever it's the one that it's the one that got me i mean i think it i think that's fair though because fire emblem has always been a a less approachable franchise in the past um and also tougher to find like the older mm. ver- or the older copies of like Fire Emblem were not 
sold in the volumes of what like Fire Emblem engages to in this day. We didn't have digital access to these games. Yeah. Uh, back in the GameCube in the Wii era. Um, well, the Wii era we did like for some of them, but not like Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem. And there was a bunch of them that were like Game Boy Advance. And there's a few that didn't come stateside, you know, yep. so like mm -hmm. it's a it, it was a tough franchise to get into in its younger years. So Very much yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, so it's a very fair point, Seth. I think if you gun to my head, the best Fire Emblem ever made is the Fire Emblem Blazing Sword on the GBA, which mm. had a enjoyable cast, very memorable. The main heroes are still kind of Nintendo fixtures to this day, even though they didn't have Martha Roy. Really good maps, really balanced gameplay, made me want to keep replaying over and over again, but it didn't feel overwhelming. Uh, I think it just did everything just right i think there will be plenty of uh old school fire emblem fans who might say that they prefer you know uh genealogy of the holy war on the super nes or thracia 776 or something like that which is apparently very very hard i haven't played those ones i can only speak to my experience on this one but if i were to pick them it would go blazing sword one engage two for me wow. half the radiance baby ike you know, I could never get into Path of Radiance. I think it was the the presentation on the GameCube didn't hit me as much because I loved the pixel art on the GBA game. Mm. I loved, loved, loved it. And the more kind of the simplistic 3D uh, didn't work super well. And it felt a lot slower on the GameCube. But I know that there are a lot of people who really super vouch for Path of Radiance. Yeah. I think uh, the Fire Emblem fans listening are so stoked right now about all this I know. <laughs> incredible yeah. Fire Emblem content. So. Oh no, they're they mad. Will. They're like, oh, probably yeah. like, Cat has sure. bad yeah. Fire Emblem opinions and they're coming out. <laughs> Those Fire Emblem fans are cut from a different cloth, let me that's tell you. Very true. So, all right, I think that's a fair, I think everyone's assessments have been fair, but you're all wrong because Metroid Prime Remastered was actually the best Nintendo game that came out this year. And I know it is a remaster, so kind of it doesn't count, but at the same time it does because it's a remaster of one of the best games ever made. It was brought into the modern era. The, um, the, the controls were updated. It just felt exactly how I remembered it in all the best possible ways, not in the bad ways. Like it, I have gone back and tried to play the, the GameCube one. Um, and it, it is a little bit tricky to play with the GameCube controller. Mm -hmm. Same with the, the Wii version, which I did not like the motion controls at all. So yeah, Metroid Prime Remastered, Stealth Drop. I bought this game twice because I had to have it right then. And then I also <laughs> pre-ordered it, or excuse me, ordered the um, physical version of it because I just wanted, the, wanted to have it on disc. So yeah, um, one of the best games ever made. It still holds up incredibly well. And it makes me sad that we're never going to get Metroid Prime 4 um and, and until we're all very too old to even hold a controller or you know neural implants or whatever it is don't put that time. into the world seth don't put that in the world I it coming out next year i know <laughs> it's 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 going to be a switch to launch no i'm sorry we already talked we think? said i said it's going to be a launch year title but not a launch yep. title because we Who's yeah we talked about this at last this point yeah i I think this might be like a, like their October game, uh, Metroid Prime 4. But yeah, Metroid Prime Remastered, I think it's like $29.99 now, even on sale. That's sales. awesome. Yeah, everyone should go play this game. It rules. It's so fun. And the music is incredible. Everything about Metroid Prime is just the GOAT, and everyone should go play. 
Just Definitely one of the there. best surprises of 2023. It yeah. shadow dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, the physical release uh, discourse was pretty fun around it. I did not play Metroid Prime Remaster myself. And that's because I beat it a couple times on the GameCube, actually. And I am like, I'm good. I don't need to go back and relive this game that is admittedly very enjoyable. But I did see a lot of my friends playing it, and my main takeaway from it was, dang, this game holds up. What a gorgeous-looking game. Jeez. I can't even believe how good it looks on Switch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think everyone should just... It translates well to widescreen, Mm -hmm. and they did a fantastic job. This is a remaster in the truest sense of the word. I've played plenty of remasters that just, you know... I don't want to say that they're half-assed, but they do don't hit very well, I think. Yeah. I've played a lot of bad remasters in my time. And this like, one... It's kind of mm-hmm. like some of them do just do the minimum to be called a remaster. Yeah. 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 I think this one... Yeah. This one is up there with like the Mass Effect Legendary Edition in that mm-hmm. it really, truly feels like it brings a classic game that had been lost a little bit into yeah. the modern era and i'm super grateful for that yeah i that's one of my biggest like ex, one of the most exciting things to me was it is it, it's very hard to play the original the original game like you have to have the gamecube or the wii version and that means you have to like either hook up your wii or your hook up your gamecube mm-hmm. it doesn't look great on the big screen oh that's not necessarily true because the original it's had still a, in the four three dimensions right or did yeah. they or no, no there is a version Oh boy, somebody's gonna call me out. I'm because there was a trilogy that came out that I feel like put it in widescreen. Maybe I want somebody say fact check a... this for Please us. Fact sure check. Right. Yeah, and I know that I do know for a fact it ran in 480i. It's one of the few GameCube games that ran in 480i. So you could turn that mode on, and I had an HD uh, HD CRT at the time. And it had uh, a 480i mode. And I remember playing this and being like, oh my God, like this isn't even an HD game. And it looks like. In 2003, 2002, this game was, I'm sorry, like the best game. Yeah. Best looking game of that year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was gorgeous, incredible, immaculate. I couldn't believe my eyes at the time. And Metroid Prime Remaster shows how beautiful that game always was. It, yeah. it's an, it, I think it might be the best looking GameCube game still. Oh, for sure. But this side of Resident Evil 4. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And the, the level design is amazing because you, it's, it's familiar, but it also feels like new. Um, I, this is one of the games that uh, I, I didn't buy a GameCube right away. I actually was like poo-pooing Nintendo at the time. But then my Xbox, my original Xbox broke and I traded it in and bought a, uh, a GameCube and I bought like the greatest hits. You know, I bought like Wind Waker, Sunshine, Metroid Prime. And uh, I had oh. no idea how much I was going to love Metroid Wait, wait, I'm just getting a breaking news. I'm sorry, Seth, you've been canceled. What? For <laughs> not being uh, there with the GameCube from the very start. <sighs> I Big was Nintendo was, fan. You're mm. going to have to turn in your keys to NVC uh, a little Let's later. See. It was 2002, and mm-hmm. I was that would have made me 25 years old. And uh, 2002 was a bit of an edgier time, and nobody was going to play GameCube who was 25 years old and had uh, 
jeans that had 400 pockets in them, as was the style at the time. It's true. Chunky uh, Who wants shoes. to have a purple lunchbox? Exactly. I could have an Xbox. It's got, dude, it's got eight gigabytes of storage built. I can in. slam a Mountain Dew while playing yeah. the, with this giant controller. <laughs> oh my God. The Duke is the worst controller the, that has ever no, shipped. No, the Duke is the best original no, Xbox. No, you were wrong. Why are you oh so contrarian? No. I that love thing was the a, Duke. I love the Duke. It that hurt my, my hands to play Halo. I think it was huge. Oh, there man. was a button to put, you had to, you had to push to turn the flashlight on in Halo, and I had to take my hand off and but move it across the controller because it was so big and i have big like meaty hands here so <laughs> <laughs> i the best uh... I, I spent so many hours playing halo one just in a multiplayer like lobby by myself practicing throwing grenades to hit weapons to launch weapons back to me like just perfect throwing like sticky grenades Ugh. like or plasma grenades but yeah like I love the Duke All of this controller. That was my jam. The one good Penny Arcade comic was them <laughs> saying, we replaced uh, the Xbox controller with a live bear. Let's see if Gabe <laughs> can tell the difference. Oh, I really like the ergonomics on this new controller. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It is true. My hand is cramping up thinking about playing Halo with, like, against my neighbor with that thing. But that I'm is... trying to learn how to do dual stick controls on that Monstro oh. controller. I'm sure our friends at uh, Podcast Unlocked would have their own thoughts on this, but this is a Nintendo controller. Yeah. I'm going to dunk on the Duke. Yeah, dunk on <laughs> This is Duke Duncan. That's Duke dunking. That's the name of the, that's the headline for this week's show. Not really. We're talking about, of course, Nintendo Game of the Year. Um, Reb couldn't be here right now, but she had some special shout -outs. Actually, we all have some special shout outs. So Reb wanted to shout out Octopath Traveler 2 and Ghost Trick um mm. to each their own i'm still pretty um the lone octopath traveler 2 hater in our midst <laughs> i'm not a hate oh my god <laughs> i'm not an octopath 2 hater i thought it you was literally a... just said well to each their own i'm just like i it's not a game of the year contender by any means sure. no. i know somebody who did call it their game of the year i i'm sure like hey i'm sure it is somebody's game of the year. it's a great it's a good game it's not a great game. It's not. It's not game of the year. By any why? Way. Why isn't it a great game to you? It is not a great game because it didn't do anything meaningfully different from the first game, which I loved. It just kind of did more of the game that, but didn't move it forward. And I felt like it should have done something more meaningfully. Um, uh, uh, I think the writing is just better. Well, this sure. one, the characters are a lot better. The music is a lot better. And it took it took the concept that was kind of compelling from the original Octopath Traveler and meaningfully deepened it, maybe, in a way that really brought its potential to light. And I can see why it ended up speaking to so many different people. Yeah. Uh, granted, it's a it's an RPG fans RPG. Do you like old school RPGs? Which I Maybe love. this is the one for you. That's sure, why I sure. like was so excited to to play the original one and get to review it. It was like the first like big game that I got to review. And I loved it. I gave it a, like a this is back when we did decimals. I gave it like a 9.3 or something. Said it was a, a JRPG lover's dream, which um was uh mentioned in an H Bomber guy video, but that's a whole different uh thing. But yeah, no, it's fair whatever. Fair enough. Like <laughs> this is a great game. It's a no. This is a good game. People think it's a great game. I don't think it's a game of the year game by any means. So that's fine. And Ghost Trick, I didn't play at all, so I can't speak. Ghost to that Trick's now. awesome. 
fantastic. Okay. Ghost Trick Logan, speak is, to it. It's written by the creator of Ace Attorney, Shu Takami at Capcom, and it's what he made after the original Ace Attorney trilogy. And in this game, you play as a character who was murdered and comes back as a ghost to solve the mystery of their own death. It is crazy cool. It plays a lot with the touchscreen originally on DS. I haven't played the Switch version, so I don't really know how that works in docked mode, but it's a super awesome game that Capcom brought back. And Ace Attorney fans got to play this one. Uh, this one's super cool. Nice. All right. Uh, Kat, you had some special shout outs. I did. Uh, probably. Um, <laughs> but I can't think of them right now. <laughs> one of them was Advanced Wars, Advanced oh, Wars yeah. 1 and 2. Yeah. See, this is why I need to look Advanced at the run Wars of show. Release we'll ever see. Advanced Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, a game that everybody was sort of dunking on. Um, ahead of its release because nobody knew when it was going to come out and the initial trailers looked kind of bad. But uh, credit to WayForward for putting a lot of time and effort into making this game look great. And it's really wonderful to have Advance Wars back. As much as I love Fire Emblem, I got my start with Advance Wars, a tremendous strategy series tactics series and i think advanced wars one and two are the best ones uh, personally i enjoyed dual strike but it was a little exhausting at the end of the day there's maybe too much to it and i didn't like that uh, when you were fighting your enemies they could basically roll back all of your progress on the map if you made one mistake it felt more free i felt like the tactics were more free-flowing in advanced wars one and two if you didn't play it uh, the original games were locked to the GBA and thus a little hard to find. Also, they were kind of rare. They're, mm -hmm. they're pretty expensive. I think Advance Wars 2 is in the $70 to $80 range so uh, for a loose cartridge. So it's really great to have these two classics available on the Nintendo Switch. I know Per Schneider played a lot of these games yeah. uh, based on his uh, Nintendo.com yeah. wrap-up. Mm. and uh you should too All right. yeah i think i put 60 hours into advanced wars reboot oh. camp i also reviewed it for us um okay. which i gave an eight yeah. out of ten i i i loved advanced wars i thought it was great fantastic reimagining it's excellent to have it back in a modern um form um i love the little the little cartoons and stuff they added for like the animations and stuff look fantastic the music is mm, chef's kiss um, just like so, so excellent. Music is so good. Yes. And my other favorite thing about Advanced Wars is the War Room, mm. where you have these challenge maps effectively, and trying to get an S rank on all of them is a really enjoyable sort of challenge that's unique to Advanced Wars specifically. That was one of my absolute favorite aspects of the original series. And Frankly, I hope that Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp sold well enough that it finally gets intelligent systems to bring it back. No, the tanks can't romance one another. But let me tell you, there's a lot of sexual tension between all of these CEOs. <laughs> and there's a lot to dig into here. So make it happen, intelligent systems. It didn't yeah. crack a million on Ooh. on sales wise, so I don't know if we're going to see Advance Wars again. I hope we do, but that was pretty concerning numbers from the latest report. I think it, I, I think 
you know, it's I stated in my review, my biggest thing I think really that held it back was just the only peer-to-peer -peer multiplayer um, because they effectively turned what is a a two-player multi or a multiplayer game into a single-player type experience unless you had a specific group of friends that were playing it regularly because you had to have they had to be on your friends list to to match up. So mm. it made it was that is you know mm -hmm. that is a big loss, uh, and I'm sure that it has a dedicated multiplayer community. I uh, I never cared for Advanced Wars's multiplayer myself. I found it pretty slow. All things considered, so I think the single player was more important to it, but it's definitely a downside. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, its kind of muddled release was not helpful to its sales. Um, I think they sort of missed the window. Everyone was very excited for the return of Advance Wars. Um, everyone was very excited to be able to play these games again, and then they just sort of delayed it. And I, I don't. I mean, understandably I almost, so. Oh yeah. well, yes, yeah. sure. But it was almost uh, like unceremoniously released. Like it didn't, and by then, you know, the, the people who maybe were on the fence just kind of didn't, didn't really. Like agree. I said, it made kind of a mixed first impression. So yeah. maybe a lot of people wrote it off. When we talked about uh, Fire Emblem Burnout. This game came out three months after Engage. And I don't think, yeah. I think they probably lost out on some sales from that too. And then it came out a month before some other random game that came out on Switch this year. I'm not allowed to mention yet. So <laughs> it was just horrible timing for it. Well, you can the other, I mentioned it. <laughs> I don't, what? You did? I don't remember that at all. The, uh, the... No, I think we listed pretty much all of the games that came out this year. No, uh, Disney well, Illusion Kirby's Island. to Dreamland Deluxe. Very good. The other, the other shout out that my my honorable mention besides Advance Wars is Super Mario RPG, which obviously nice. just dropped mm. like a month ago, yeah. and fantastic. I love the reimagining of it; it's great. And you know, we've we've gushed on that recently enough on the show. I won't go into. I don't need to talk too much about it. But if you haven't played Super Mario RPG? Go play it; it's fantastic. Yeah, if you and haven't it's... played Super Mario RPG, what the hell is your damn problem? There. I said that's it. the title of the episode right there. <laughs> yep, that is a great headline. I love it. I love it. It's a great game. It's very fun. I'm going to probably finish it uh, like maybe this weekend. So this year I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television, uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom. Blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN. 
It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, That link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, I guess that's it. There was no other games from Nintendo. Okay. Oh, I think that was a pretty comprehensive accounting for the year 2023 in Nintendo. Everybody cool. went to Switch. Came out in June. Oh, that also <laughs> came out. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was. Wow. Yeah. We also had the WarioWare. Mm-hmm. That uh, WarioWare is actually was was actually it's good. It's very mm-hmm. fun. Yeah, All seriousness, though, what a year! Yeah. Holy cow! Holy cow! Year. Mm-hmm. Um, for just video games in like as a whole, I I, I think. I don't know. I wish I had asked Tom, but I I feel like this might be like the most ten filled year uh, mm. in reviews. But I also might be truly the best of times and the worst of times. That is the worst of times. We did just give a game games a industry, one, which I don't think has ever happened. Um, we have. We gave one thirteen years ago. It was to oh, uh, we've given ones. So <laughs> we've given ones. Yeah, it was like Connect uh, self defense training or something like oh, that. Oh, like yeah. Yeah, that one. It's like twelve or thirteen okay. years ago. Um, All right. Well, and- I guess. <laughs> I guess that's it. Like, there's no more Nintendo to talk about. Ah, oh, we got you. Get the thing. Oh we got wait, you, you people, you all. Oh, thought- uh, you. We had you going, didn't you? Uh, no, the yeah. NBC Game of the Year. It's Tears of the Kingdom, obviously. Oh my frigging god! Not only is it uh, NBC's Game of the Year, it's my Game of the Year, and it's actually my game of ever. Like it's my favorite wow. game. Your it's, favorite game. It's the best Same. game. It's the best game. It's like uh, Tears of the Kingdom, and then a pretty distant second, which is hard to say. Uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. So yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is the best. Seventy-five uh, percent of the panel agrees. Tears of the Kingdom is the best Nintendo but game. Who doesn't agree? Find out. Oh yeah, yeah let's, let's figure that out. Now we're gonna start. We're gonna start interrogating. I'm gonna start with. Logan, Logan, I would like to hear about your experience, your thoughts with Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom is, it is my favorite game of all time, along with you, Seth. It's just incredible. 
it built on absolutely every issue I had with Breath of the Wild. No enemy variety, samey, lackluster dungeons, just all of it. Tears of the Kingdom brought and more that I never would have expected. I think after 183 hours, I'm very used to the ideas of fusing anything I want to my sword and shield and jumping through ceilings and gluing anything together I want and rewinding time on any individual object. But those four mechanics are insane and no other developer would really even try them like this, let alone all four in one game. Yeah. It's an incredible set of tools that I really feel like the Zelda team is one of the only teams in the world that could pull it off at this caliber. And just everything else that's built around is incredible. The amount of depth in the side quests in this game is so much greater than in Breath of the Wild. I love Pen and the Lucky Clover so much. I love being a little reporter running around Hyrule. It's amazing talking about freelance budgets. It's like, yeah, this is this, it was my life at the time too. So that was awesome. And so, so what you're really good. So, wow. what you're, Thank you. so what you're saying, Logan, is that your choice for your favorite game of the year, favorite Zelda game ever, is was influenced by your life. So you're a little biased, is what you're saying. Oh, okay. That's what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> well, actually, I did want to like to speak personally for a second. This game is super important to me outside of just the game. It was the the first byline I ever ever had on IGN was the week after this game was announced. I pitched a feature to wow. Lucy, who was here at the time, and I wrote about oh, this game. Shout out and to Lucy. I actually called there. a couple of things at the time. So you can go back and read that. It's from 2019. And then I was in Japan when this game came out, and I picked it up at the Nintendo store in Tokyo. Nice. And now I'm here on NBC talking about it as NBC's Hell game of yeah. the year. It's like full circle for me, this game. like really coincided with big moments in my life in a lot of ways which i'm super grateful for that's amazing oh, yeah. like that's that's like literally that. like manifesting like just manifesting in general like yes. I'm, so, I'm so happy for you logan that's great yeah. Thank you. same Thanks same so much such a good <laughs> first byline to have oh my god mm -hmm. all right cat where are you at with the, with this little game Tears of the Kingdom was my game of the year until last night when I decided to switch it over to Baldur's Gate 3, but only just because, but let's be real, Tears of the Kingdom is an astonishing game. It betters Breath of the Wild in every single way to the point where I don't know if I can ever play Breath of the Wild anymore. It's full of astonishing moments, like being shot out of the towers and looking down onto the ground the seamlessness of being in the air and then parachuting down to Hyrule or into the depths will just genuinely never get old. Yeah. I think the depths are so much fun to explore. It feels like there's so much to find in this game. I cannot, I legit cannot believe this came out on the Nintendo Switch and that it runs really well. And frankly, it's a damning indictment of every game that has performance issues or just looks genuinely awful i'm looking at you pokemon scarlet and violet <laughs> waiting for that and i i liked breath of the wild but i loved tears of the kingdom and i don't know where it stands on my list of the best ever zeldas or my favorite zeldas but i will say that I had the collector's edition i bought this game twice and i was going to sell the collector's edition but then i opened it just so that I could have the mementos from my experience with Tears of the Kingdom because I found it to be really special. I finally rolled credits on it a couple weeks ago. The ending was pretty much everything that I hoped oh, it man. would be. Um, it color it filled out everything that I... Breath of the Wild, great 
proof of concept, but Tears of the Kingdom filled it all out. It it brought it to life. Yeah. And uh, I won't forget this game anytime soon. Yeah. All right. Jada, you're up next. I'm up next. So Your game of the year. My game of the year uh, is for, uh, you know, the NVC game of the year is Tears of the Kingdom. So, you know, I'll, I'll talk about Tears of the Kingdom um, because I feel like I'm being pushed that way. Um, you know, there's nobody, <laughs> uh, there's nobody excuse off me. screen. There's nobody off screen uh, with a, it's with a cane <laughs> waiting to pull me off. Um, <laughs> I, I, I really enjoyed my time with Tears of Kingdom. And, you know, from somebody who very much thought Breath of the Wild was just okay, I did not like Breath of the Wild. It's Whoa. probably, it's Whoa. fine, whatever. People will hate me for it. No, you know what? I'm with you. That's your truth. What the frig? Breath of the Wild was a very good Ugh. game. But it was not a very good Zelda, um, and that is a big distinction for me when it comes to franchises that are as historyed. I mean, I have a freaking Hylian Shield and Master Sword on my wall. I love Zelda. I've played every single freaking Zelda game, minus the CDI garbage. Um, don't count. Those don't count. Yeah, those don't count, right? So I, I've played every Zelda game, and I've played all of them multiple, multiple times. And, you know, to Kat's point of never wanting, like, not sure if she'll ever go back and play Breath of the Wild, I never want to touch Breath of the Wild again, especially Damn. after playing Tears of the Kingdom. Tears Fair of the Kingdom enough. actually felt more like a Zelda game. It had a narrative. There was a bit more musical components to it. Nothing still crazy, to, like, on par with, like, Ocarina of Time or Wind Waker, but Stable it had Trotters. more of it to it. Yeah, oh, exactly. Um, Jada, yes, I love you, and your opinions are valid. Yes, and I totally respect them, and they are shared by a not insignificant amount of the Zelda fan base. Having said that, I completely disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. Breath like... of the Wild is not just a good Zelda game; it's like the Ur Zelda game. It, it connects all the way back to the original Legend of Zelda. It's the first <sighs> Legend of Zelda that captured the absolute philosophy of what it was based on in the first place, which was Shigeru Miyamoto exploring the backyard mm -hmm. and discovering caves and everything. It, ha it is the one Zelda that absolutely connects the most to the original I Legend of Zelda. I 100% agree with that point, but for me, I didn't, I didn't connect with the original Zelda until I was probably like eight or nine you know, Ocarina of Time will probably that between that and Wind Waker will always be like a big battle for my favorite and Majora's Mask. Well, those three are constantly tugging at my hearts for like favorite Zelda game and Link's Awakening. I like too many Zelda games, y'all. Um, but <laughs> they're, you know, they're all special in their own all, way. Exactly. They're all special in their own way. Um, but like the original Zelda and Breath of the Wild just never really connected with me. Um, I don't like it's and it's partially because I just don't like sandbox games, and that's what Breath of the Wild felt. Okay. It just felt like any other sandbox game I've played where I'm just wandering around looking for something that I don't know what I'm looking for. And some people relish that that discovery. Oh. Some people really like that exploration stuff like that. For me, I don't really care for it. I and also I never felt that the rewards and even in Tears of the Kingdom, I never felt the rewards were worth. The, the the juice wasn't worth the squeeze essentially in this mm, and for that like i just never felt like i was very i was rewarded for the amount of effort and time i built i put into building something really cool or going somewhere other than my own enjoyment which yes should be enough but for yeah. me in this game day and age when i can do 
similar things, maybe not to the scale of building a Godzilla or a Metal Gear. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Maybe not to that scale, but when I go through the trouble of doing other crazy creative things in other games, and then I get rewarded with bigger things, it gave me a better sense of satisfaction. And so, like, that's just one of the things that, like, kind of, um, I just never felt when playing Breath of the Wild, especially, and mm. Tears of the Kingdom. I got more of that feeling, but still not enough to my enjoyment. So, I love Tears of the Kingdom. I, I think it's a great game. I shouldn't say I love it. I like Tears of the Kingdom, but, as I said earlier, I love Pikmin. So, yeah. No, that it's completely fine to be wrong so publicly. It's totally fine. I'd like I'd like to speak to the you are Breath valid. of the Wild versus Tears of the Kingdom debate for a second because it's interesting that most folks on this panel prefer Tears of the Kingdom, and I totally do too. But there's a oh, yeah. large segment of people in my life that are starting to say, actually, I like Breath of the Wild more, and mm, I think yeah. there are valid reasons to like each one more. I think that Breath of the Wild tells a more atmospheric story. It is lonelier. It is more intriguing mm. to discover that world for the first time. And some people just straight up prefer the story in that one. And I get it. And Tears what of the Kingdom, story? if you want to build uh, <laughs> a crazy... There's yeah, a I guess, story. Like, the ruins of Hyrule and Princess Zelda has, a, I think, a really good arc in Breath of the Wild that's often overlooked. But anyways, Tears of the Kingdom, you can build these crazy flying machines and, and you kind of dominating the landscape rather than discovering the landscape. So I think that the more time that's passed, the more I realize that these two games are even more different than we thought when Tears of the Kingdom came out. I think really their only similarities, they share the same world and characters. Otherwise, yeah. they are really, really different experiences. And I mentioned that I'm not a huge fan of Breath of the Wild. I will never question that it's one of the greatest games ever made. I agree. I just think mm -hmm. for me... I prefer the creativity and emergent gameplay of Tears of the Kingdom and every Zelda element it brought back. When I walked into the first cave in the Great Sky Island and I saw a like-like, I was like, we are so <laughs> yeah, bad yeah, right yeah. now. Like, this yeah. is Zelda mm -hmm. to me again. That felt so good. And that was only the start of the classic enemies that they brought back. And Tears of the Kingdom was just Bacoblin Camp after Bacoblin Camp. And it got tiresome. Yeah. So I still think Breath of the Wild is amazing. I just think that Tears of the Kingdom is more my style of game. I think Tears of the Kingdom strikes the balance between classic Zelda and Breath of the Wild better. Certainly, I like the dungeons way better than I like the Divine Beasts, it's, which got yeah. old. And in fact, I bounced off Breath of the Wild for a couple of years because oh, I wow. just Same. I got to the fourth Divine Beast and I was like, I think I'm done with this. And finally, I came back and I finished it. And I was like, wow, what a great finale. I'm super happy I finished this. But Tears of the Kingdom... I, I talked about the uh, the wind temple, mm -hmm. and first of all, I love that you see the storm in the sky, and the act of climbing up, fighting your way, traversing your way as you go higher and higher and higher into the sky, into the storm, before finally discovering the wind temple. It's an enjoyable temple on its own, yeah. and then one of the most memorable boss fights of the year yes. is you're diving and you're fighting oh, and you're flying so and so many people not landing at all really really well done and it felt totally original and that's the thing mm -hmm. that really makes tears of the kingdom stand apart for me is the inventiveness of it i haven't played too many games of this specific type and granted i don't play minecraft so maybe that's like some of it but i I did not invest that much in just building things, but I really appreciated that it was an option. And I thought that it just, as a system, 
worked spectacularly well. And I'm not a builder. I'm not someone who's going to, you know, play, tinker around and try to build the ultimate vehicles. I thought that it was easy enough for me to access and feel good about, mm-hmm. but deep enough that people could really get into it. It struck the balance perfectly. Yeah. yeah, I was worried that Tears of the Kingdom was going to be a Zelda game about building, but it's not. It's a Zelda game with building, and I think yes. that that's a much <laughs> better balance than I was worried about ahead of launch. And that made the shrines in Tears of the Kingdom just immaculate puzzle design. Yeah. I love them. A lot of them you can kind of cheese with the recall Ultra Hand strategy, but there's mm-hmm. some that are so clever and so satisfying to complete. I did all 152 shrines. I wish Damn. there were 100 more. They were just, they were so much fun. Oh, man. Yeah, I... I agree with everything positive. (laughs) Um, Can you believe this game came out on the Switch? No, I I don't believe that this game came out on the Switch. I think part of the reason that I love it so much is because it is just, it's, it's an accomplishment on like so many different levels. Like the fact that there are three different levels is pretty amazing. Like there's three maps that are essentially the same size. And I know that like the sky islands are, are mostly, you know, sky, but still, but the fact that you could jump from the sky island and go all the way down to the bottom and you know you it's seamless like you don't see a loading screen you don't go sideways through a, a crack like you do in a lot of other games yeah i know that it's loading while you're falling but still um the inventiveness the 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 scope of it the 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 story it's actually like one of my favorite stories that i i've experienced in a video game even though you kind of get it out of order and you don't necessarily even have to get all of the the story to mm-hmm. to play through the game um yeah I, it just everything about this game just spoke to me i haven't beaten it yet and i said you know i wrote a column like i just i don't want this to end this experience to end but i did make an attempt I was like, you know what? I I, I host a Whoa. Nintendo po- I ho- host a Nintendo podcast for IGN. Maybe I should go beat the best game of the year. Um, and what ended up happening was I saw like a, a shiny thing in the distance, and I spent four hours just like exploring, and I didn't I didn't <laughs> yeah, make any progress in the game. So yeah, I like I was like, oh, I found a helmet. Maybe I should go find the the pants to go with this now. So. Yeah, this is absolutely my favorite game. And watching like the footage now and talking about it has got me super, super stoked on it again. And I think maybe by when we come back in 2024, I'll have a story about how I finally, I finally beat it. And I heard that like, you know, I've heard multiple people say like the story is one of the most satisfying raps that it has. Yes. But yeah, that's our NBC game of the year. Tears of the Kingdom. Jada, we still love you, obviously. Thank you. And I think I... your opinion is completely valid. So been four um, rules. Yeah, uh, but Kat, speaking of the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, you once you took your industry legend status to the next level. Uh, would you please tell us about uh, your interview? Yeah, so one of the few nice things I'm going to say about the Game Awards is that it draws a lot of people who made the best game of the year into one place. And so I had the wonderful opportunity to talk to Eiji Aonuma and Hidemaro Fujibayashi, who were both in town to collect their awards at the Game Awards. Only one best action adventure game, and they got played off the stage, but that's another matter entirely. And I got about 45 minutes to talk to them. And the cool thing is, 
when a game just has come out, people are very sensitive about spoilers and they don't want to talk about it too deeply. And usually a lot of the focus is on how did this game come to be? And I think that this, this um, uh, interview was more of a, a post-mortem, I suppose you could say. It was more reflective. They were very open to talking about a lot of things. And so I talked about some of the things that happened in the end. They talked about some of the big reveals. I asked him about making the wind temple. But I think the thing that uh, was the most newsworthy, I suppose, was Aonuma kind of expressing his overall feelings on the Zelda formula, in which he was saying, well, I think that a lot of fans feel that the grass is greener when it comes to older school Zeldas, mm. maybe hearkening to the fact that Scott, people were so sick of the Zelda formula by Skyward Sword. And now people are like, you know what I really miss? The <laughs> Zelda formula. <laughs> so I, I get his point there. And he seemed to really be all in on the freedom, that he sees that as a very modern expression of making a game, which I found pretty insightful, honestly. And I think it speaks a lot toward the future of the series going forward, that I think that uh, the Zelda developers feel like they've, they've cracked the code a little bit, mm. that this is the direction for the series going forward. And honestly, I'm, I'm not even mad because I think I've said in older, maybe, maybe on Twitter or something, that I always felt that the series in some ways was trying to build up to a game like Breath of the yeah, Wild, that 100%, totally. Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom actually were not that dissimilar from, say, Ocarina of Time, a game where you walk into the fields for the first time and look around and you see Death Mountain on the horizon and Hyrule Castle over here. And it wanted to be an open world game in some ways, but couldn't quite get there yet and then we finally sort of got the technology to unify all of these aspects and maybe the final result was tears of the kingdom um the other thing that we talked about was uh, zelda and specifically zelda's role in the series and i asked like is there a, i i thought that maybe in tears of the kingdom it would be co-op or that there would be a playable zelda i asked them if there was a, if that was in the cards they said you know, maybe, <laughs> like we're not ruling it out, uh, which is their way of saying, eh, we haven't really thought about that, but I suppose I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take that off the table and things like that. So, and they did acknowledge that the series is called Legend of Zelda, but Zelda's always not playable. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, hey, to be fair, Tears, I think Tears of the Kingdom Zelda is probably the best Zelda in any of the mm -hmm. Zelda games, like by not even close. Uh, really? Yeah, I could see that. Well, I mean, uh, I, maybe I'm, Wind Waker. I'm, I love the hair. I love the haircut. Oh yeah. But I I have to say that just as a fan of the series and a Nintendo fan and a fan of gaming in general, I've had a lot of really special opportunities this year. I got to interview Miyamoto for the first time yeah. as well. Mm, and cool. let me tell you, like, so I was in the lobby of the JW Marriott the day of the Game Awards, and that's where a lot of like developers were hanging out. And it's quite surreal to be like, oh, there's the Baldur's Gate 3 folks just hanging out and chatting over there. Oh, there's <laughs> Aonuma and company walking over there. Uh, there's all these influencers and journalists that I know. Uh, it was very much a who's who of gaming there. And 
then being collected by uh, Nintendo representatives and going up in the elevator and you kind of feel like that sort of thrill of excitement yeah. and nervousness as you mm -hmm. head into the hotel room and then they're just like right there <laughs> with her translators and you get put down in front of them with lots of PR reps surrounding you <laughs> and you're just going, well, okay, now I get to have a conversation with them for a while. I sure hope I, I get this right. Um, I was really flattered by all of the nice things that everybody said about the interview and thanks very much. It was a fantastic interview. Like you, you did a great Great job. Um, and you know, like I may, I may say things like uh, that where I, you know, Tears of Kingdom isn't my favorite game of the year, but I will never say that Breath of the Wild, Tears of Kingdom are not fantastically made games by extremely talented individuals. Like they, they are at like the pinnacle of like development and design. Like it's amazing what they're able to do on the Switch and what they did with the game and just how it sparked so much connection in the community that I don't think I've ever really seen in the Zelda audience to this level, at least. Um, yeah. So like, like, you know, kudos to them. They deserve all the flowers for those, for those fantastic games. They just didn't connect with me and that's okay. Yeah. Also special thanks to Logan for giving me my final question. That'll let me put a bow on the actual interview. Um, so thank you, Logan. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> Anuma's like my dream interview. So to be able to secondhand write a question for him was yeah. that was pretty neat for me. So the, the question I think was basically uh, <clears throat> that you were going to keep coming back to the series because you wanted to make the perfect Zelda and then asking if there was still work to be done after Tears of the Kingdom, basically. And uh, yeah, go read the interview if you want to see the answer to that one. <laughs> yeah, and it's super where... interesting because oh, go ahead, Seth. No, 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 I was please. I'll just say that it's to what Kat was talking about, what Aonuma was saying about the freedom and, and the gameplay and why would you want to go back? It was super fascinating because a lot of it, I think Aonuma's perspective is, is the gameplay is king, right? And we know that. That's yeah. how Nintendo yep. feels about games. And Me I think too. that when they say that people are looking at the old ones with nostalgic lenses, it's no, they want a linear story with character development and growth. But I don't know if that team really prioritizes that right now. And I think that's okay. Maybe they hand off a traditional 3D Zelda to somebody else to make. But mm -hmm. I'm at the point where people ask, oh, what do you want from the next Zelda? And my answer to that is whatever they make. This is a team that I... <laughs> Yeah. think so highly of and have so much trust in that anything my brain comes up with is not going to be what they come up with. These are creators that I trust wholeheartedly and that I want to see what they want to make and I will play it and I will critique it and I will enjoy it. It's I don't want them ever to take into account what I want. I want them to make what they want to make and, and yeah. I think it'll be great. Yeah, uh, I agree 100%. This is a team that knows what they're doing clearly because i just i didn't think that you could top breath of the wild and i remember when we first got our first gl glimpses of uh tears of the kingdom everyone was like ah this looks like a dlc what are I they trying to pull ever. on us and uh i i did i may have said those words well i <laughs> but um i i'm realizing though like yeah there is sort of a, a people want that return to the linear sort of zelda like oh i need i, I can't mm -hmm. go to here because it's too hot I need to find hot my red, uh, my red, uh, my red tunic. My Goron tunic. Mm -hmm. Yep. Look, mm -hmm. that just means that there's some indie developer right now who's like, oh, you know what? I should make, and then you're gonna make like this great sort of mm -hmm. homage, and then there'll be a lot of those, and we'll see. But yeah, Cat, where can people find this interview? 
You can find it on IGN.com. Sadly, we couldn't turn it into a video interview. We tried, but Nintendo respectfully declined. Mm. I will just say that one of the real treats of my job is being able to play a game at length finish it and then go and talk to the actual developers and have mm -hmm. a real conversation about it. My heart sings when I get to actually do that. So cool. I also did that with um, Baldur's Gate 3 and uh, that interview is coming out tomorrow. So nice. go check it out. Nice. Awesome. And that'll be... Awesome work, it's amazing. When this podcast comes out, it'll actually be later today that you can go check out Cat's mm. interview. And you should. You should check out our entire news teams. Everything. Their entire body of work because it's excellent. So thank you. They're all very good. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> like it's kind of it's I don't want to say like shocking, but it's uh it's I don't know how to say it without sounding it constantly. Like... It constantly like blows my mind how many times our news team constantly upgrades and like does like yeah. just takes it up another level. I think is yeah. what you're the point you're trying new to get power to. levels. We're new like a shown in anime exactly. over here. Yeah. Yes, constantly growing. <laughs> Who knows when that you know that we're gonna hit that uh that filler arc though? Who knows? <laughs> Rebecca will ever, Valentine will it ever come? I don't think it will. Um, Rebecca Rebecca Valentine is Goku is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, hundred percent. Over nine thousand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I will say to um, Logan's point about giving Zelda out to other teams to work on, I for like a more traditional experience, I love that idea. I loved Minish Cap, and that was developed by Capcom. Yeah. So like. I would love for Nintendo to loan Legend of Zelda out to some other studios and give us some more uh, traditional experiences from them. Things if they want to create the next crazy experience that tops Tears of the Kingdom in the, on their developer time, and that's fine does with any, me. Does anyone know who directed the Minish Cap? It was Hidemaro Fujibayashi, who now directs uh, the Mainline series. He directed uh, the go. Oracle games and the Minish Cap, mm -hmm. and then they brought him in from Capcom. This is why I love having Logan on here, because he just drops he drops Nintendo <laughs> knowledge. Yeah. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Um, I will say that I adored A Link Between Worlds. Oh, it's same. actually definitely a top five Zelda experience for mm -hmm. me, and you should go play it if you haven't. So I would not be upset at all, especially if they kind of went back to the 2D versions as sort of a one-off. Yeah, yeah, that's actually one of my fears is that we're going, it's going to be, what, seven, eight years till we see whatever's next from Aonuma and Fujibayashi. In the interim, we're definitely going to get a lot of Zelda remakes and spinoffs and maybe new games. I worry we're going to get 3D remakes like Twilight Princess and Wind Waker and then new 2D games. And I think what's going to fall through the wayside is new 3d traditional games i think we'll get everything mm -hmm. else we want 2d remakes new 2d 3d we'll remakes get, i don't like know about I said that. It, like there's some indie developer right now who's like got the idea to pay it it'll be everyone will have we'll all have our cake we'll all get mm -hmm. to eat it too it's gonna be wonderful because who doesn't like cake probably jada honestly <laughs> i'm more of a pie person <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and also okay, i mean okay wait wait is cheesecake a cake or a pie cheesecake is oh it's a pie cheesecake is is god tier is what that is so yes. that's my favorite is cheesecake hell yeah so, Te tears of the kingdom is the cheesecake of video games of 2023 yeah. all of the joy and fluffiness and delightfulness oh. of cake but then the crunchy of that uh wonderful graham cracker oh. crust oh my god is that the Dude. depths 
My, uh, yes. <laughs> my wife is actually making brownies Y'all, right now, I'm, so um, I really want cheesecake yeah, now. I'm dying I, for I, some cheesecake. I think I might go make. I make. I usually make uh, cheesecake cupcakes. Uh, so often, uh, so I might have to go make those nice. now. Ooh, wow! I gotta right. give a quick shout out to Cat because we well, yeah. did an episode a couple weeks ago where Cat wasn't on and. Reb, Jada, and Seth all thought I was crazy for saying Twilight Princess was better than Wind Waker, and then I saw a cat tweet the very same thing the other day. So I'm not alone on NBC. <laughs> in that, in that. I got no, you, Logan. Some, I got you. There's some people out there that have, that share your uncommon beliefs, so that's fine. That's what the nice thing about the internet is. Give Twilight place. Princess the respect it deserves. Is all I'm saying. Yes. Who Midna was disrespecting rules. it? No one was disrespecting it. We were just nobody. Saying, yep. Yep. We were, we were we just respecting like Wind Waker it. better slightly less than wind waker that's all because wind waker is and we're not going to get into because you know what we're actually we're running out of time and we need to hit the meverse which is where we talk about what's going on in our life we have about seven minutes to talk about what's going on in our lives logan you look like you're ready to speak because that's ready. you just always are yes yeah. so what's the deepest nintendo fact that you have no i'm just kidding what's <laughs> going on with you Oh, well, it actually is a really deep Nintendo cut, so it's, <laughs> it's very on brand. But this is the latest addition into my gaming collection. It was an incredible gift from my girlfriend. It's oh. F-Zero Climax on yeah. What? Yeah. What? This is Japan exclusive. CIB. It never came to the West, and it's from 2004, and it's the last F-Zero game until F-Zero 99. The series Damn. died after this. It sold like 30,000 units. Just horrible oh. sales numbers. And it's amazing. It has a track editor. A GBA Whoa. game with a full-blown track editor. It's awesome. There's like 50 tracks in this game that the developers made. 30 characters. It's an incredible F-Zero game. I've been playing it a ton. And yeah, it's super inaccessible and hard to find. But it's, it's amazing. And probably my favorite thing in my gaming collection now. That's nice. awesome. And it's it's complete in box. Yes, complete in box. That's the secret to collecting video games is if you, well, not so much anymore, but when you buy games from Japan, they tend to just keep everything. So you get all the yes. inserts. It's, mm -hmm. it's kind of awesome. And it used to be mm -hmm. cheaper to buy games from Japan and just play them on like a Hyperkin Retro, Retron 5 or something, but it's actually not anymore because everybody figured out that little yeah, I was going to say the secret's out. It's super yeah. expensive now. Yeah, it yeah. sucks. But anyway, that's that's badass, and uh, I'm glad that you've pulled a Nintendo deep cut out. So, Always. Jada, what about you? What's going on in your uh, life? I recently re-dipped my toes into Mario Rabbids Sparks of Hope. Oh, um, nice. A very an underperforming, underappreciated little yep. Mario Rabbids strategy game. I forgot how much joy is in that game and how much comedy is written to that the series. Yeah. Um, I got home and I was like, you know what? I need to play a couple more missions. And so I sat there on the couch when I got home and played some nice. more Mario Rabbids. So I am loving that game once again. You gonna see it through to the end? Oh yeah, for sure. Probably yeah. like probably sometime early next year I'll finish it, but only yeah. on the uh, the short list of the backlog. Yeah, and uh, anyone who's listening who hasn't played it yet, it's fifteen dollars. It worked so well they made a sequel. So yeah, which is the game that we're talking about of course but all right cat what's going on in the meverse of cat i'm traveling again and oh. that means that my nintendo switch is coming with me and i've been playing a bunch of games i think i already mentioned i've been playing dead cells a game that i somehow missed when it originally came out and i've discovered guys dead cells is really good it's like a oh, fantastic mm -hmm. roguelite i can't believe how good this game is 
I got the furthest I've been to date. I made it to the infested shipwreck and messed up and died. It's very annoyed. I had a build that I was really enjoying. I was turning into a chicken and bombing everybody. It was great. I have that <laughs> dope uh, Castlevania DLC on my Switch. I'm very excited nice. to play that too. Mm. I uh, also have been playing a bunch of theater rhythm, as I already mentioned. Just fantastic game. I can't believe how hard the 8-bit tracks go with the original Final Fantasy. Uh, it's absolutely a sheer delight. And then finally, speaking of Final Fantasy, I've been playing... My my project over the holidays is to finally beat Final Fantasy V, a game that's been on my yeah. list. I've gotten started on many times, but never really got past the first world. And mm -hmm. now I'm into World 2, and I'm having a great time. Nice. Yeah, you uh did you did you rename your main character Butts or did you leave it as Barts? No, I I call all of my party leads cat because I'm a narcissist. Mm, okay. <laughs> I always give them swear word names cuz you know, you used to be only only be able to put in four characters, so I would put words that you can't say on this on this program. I mean, you could say them. <laughs> Nobody's going to stop me, but we choose not to, but yeah, you, Kat, you actually inspired me to play Final Fantasy V hey. because I, I never played it. That's I'm, great. I'm, my brother had like, you know, back in like 98, downloaded like some huge ROM pack. And he was like, I remember him at like our Macintosh being like, dude, Final Fantasy V is awesome. Oh my God. And he just, just playing it. And I, for whatever reason, never got around to it. So I went on the, uh, the Nintendo eShop the other day and I forgot how Roman numerals work and I bought Final Fantasy IV which I've played a million billion times. It's very so, good Final Fantasy. Hey, you know it is. It's it's it is. I I bought that new uh when it came out from a company called Chips and Bits which used to advertise in the back of EGM magazine. They were located in Vermont. And the reason that I ordered from them specifically was because they had COD delivery, which was collect on delivery. So you could order a game and then you would give the UPS guy the money for the game when it arrived at your house. And since my parents didn't have a credit card, because that was the thing that, that like not a lot of people had, um, it was the only way for me to get that game. And I think I paid like $95 for it. And I pay, played wow. the living crap out of it. And I guess uh, I guess I'm going to be playing it again over the, the <laughs> holiday break. Seth, which is Seth Macy, can I give you some pro tips as a former yes. editor at GamePro Magazine? Yes. Okay. First of all, Blue Mages and Final Fantasy V are really OP, and definitely try and get like Thousand Needles and White Wind and things like that because they will help you a lot. You should yeah. really press every advantage you can possibly get in this game. Okay. Also, summons are really good. Make sure you go around and you collect all those summons in Act One because they're very strong. And then you want to like probably level up a monk so that you can get the the stat buffs from that one. Definitely level up a summoner, and you know. Uh, time age is pretty good so you can get like haste and slow and things like that okay. and uh if you and then of course like ninja and red mage will give you like the dual wielding and the double cast respectively so also definitely worth leveling up uh but blue mage keep that one blue in mage. mind it's really I, good i oh, love good five for its amount of classes i love that's mm -hmm. my favorite thing about five the all the different classes they introduced and all the classes that they just Allow you to have fun with. I, God, I always love five for that. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna have to spend the money. It turns out you can't re um refund a game that you accidentally bought on the Nintendo eShop. So did you um, buy a Pixel Remaster? I yeah, I did. That's I the it. one. It's a good one to play. 
Well, I know, but I want to play mm -hmm. five, and now I have to buy. F I already five bought. is pixel remaster. Why, no, 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 no. I'm saying I accidentally bought four because I'm an idiot. But four is amazing, to... so you should just replay that one too. <laughs> but I have already played just it. Just play every time. Final Fantasy. Just so. play you know, I'm just gonna play every Final Fantasy. I actually made that like I tried to do that, like from one mm -hmm. to six, and I got about like two hours into two, and I was like, I'm never getting. I'm never playing two, uh, three. I bounced off hard. I'm fine. It's good. With you should it. get My the, time is uh, valuable. The, the DS version of uh, three mm -hmm. is actually really good. Once I beat five, I'm, I'm going to beat twelve. Okay. I'm working. Oh, twelve. Ugh, so rough. I'm working on my replay through the series. I finished one earlier this year, and I think I'm about a quarter of the way through two right now. Okay. So I'm working my way through the whole series. Going to replay all of them again. Damn. Um, wow. A thousand. I have, hours. I'm like. Yeah, I have like a save file on twelve that I'm like I think halfway through, and I'm just going to pick up from there. I'm not going to start over twelve because. 12 is probably one of my least favorite. I, I just do not. Well, it's just, it's really tough to get into. I have bad news. We're all <gasps> no. out of time. No. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. And, we were having uh, so much fun. I know we were. We were having, I love talking about video games with you guys, but that is all the time we have left for this week's NBC. Before we go, I have a few favors to ask of you. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave us a like and a nice comment. Um, I just want to reiterate, nice comment. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, please leave us a review. Helps us spread the good MVC word and we'll be forever in your debt. Remember, MVC is the only place where you can get the thing. Get the, thing. the thing. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.